everyone to another exciting episode of Debating Metal. I'm your host, Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, along with my co-host, Chris Kay. Let's get right into this week's topic as Chris and I give you our take on Pantera's greatest hits. They started as a glam band in the 80s, but transformed into the premier groove metal band of the 90s. Tonight, Kenneth and I are picking our favorite 15 Pantera songs, and whichever ones are duplicated, make the list. The ones that are not get debated to see which one makes the final cut. Then we'll put them into a concert set list order for the ultimate Pantera greatest hits. All right, so last week we went head-to-head with Saigon Kick's first two albums, Saigon Kick versus The Lizard. Download the episode to hear how that went, and while you're there, click the subscribe button to get our latest episode every time it comes out. All right, so Pantera's greatest hits. We're getting right into it this week. <sighs> they only had five albums, so I, I mean, you you can include the first four from the '80s if you want. I'm not. It's I don't it's know how really you feel. bizarre to think that the band so iconic really only had five albums i, I mean, know yeah because like what you said you could include the first four but the first three are terry glaze and their glam and then the 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 fourth one which did have the final lineup um it's still not the same there's elements of there in the power metal album that that kind of carried over into cowboys from hell but pantera as we all know them was five albums yeah five albums and all, well, they basically went from 1990 to 2000. So it, it was a decade of Pantera. And it was a good decade. Trust me, they, they were on top. Um, and we're going we're gonna to go over those 15, or we're going to go over their what we think are their greatest hits. And you've got your 15, I've got my 15, and we're going to figure out which ones overlap. I think this one's going to have the least amount of debate in terms of what songs get on there. This is probably going to be, I would, I'm going to go over under at three. Okay. Last week, or when we, the last one we did, which was Alter Bridges, um, there was six. So I'm, I'm saying there's not, there's going to be a lot of overlap on this one. That's my guess. I'm, a little concerned about that, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's not a lot, yeah, there's, there's not a lot to debate. Yeah, um, we'll just have to really, 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 really debate the finer, <laughs> finer points of those six songs that we don't get to choose, that we have to fight over. All right, so I think you should go first on this because I, I, I've been going first a lot lately. <laughs> Okay. All right. So I'm just going to do this chronologically, just like I would normally do, starting from Cowboys from Hell, because I didn't pick anything from the first four albums. Uh, but from Cowboys from Hell, I've got the title track, Cowboys from Hell, Psycho Holiday, and Cemetery Gates. From Vulgar Display of Power, I've got Mouth for War, A New Level, uh, Walk, and Fucking Hostile. And as I've said before, that was, that was my favorite album from Pantera. Um, then from Far Beyond Driven, I've got Becoming, Five Minutes Alone, and I'm Broken. From The Great Southern Trend Kill, I've got 13 Steps to Nowhere, Living Through Me, and Suicide Note Part 2. And then from Reinventing the Steel, I've got Revolution Is My Name, and I'll Cast a Shadow. You know that? There's going to be more than three. I can tell you right now. <laughs> I, I'm... So... I've always joked about this one with certain things and certain bands. You know how I always said I was like very cursory kind of 
fandom for certain bands. Mm-hmm. I would venture to say that my level of fandom for Pantera, as much as I like the songs that I like, in which I really, really, really like, mm-hmm. I there's certain songs on their albums I just can't get into. Okay. And, and so in reality, when I listen to their albums, I listen to the four or five songs I like, and that's it. Like, I, I don't listen to the whole album. Very rarely. You know, will I let it play and listen to the whole thing? Okay. So, you know, the songs that you picked, you know, some of them are like, oh, I know which songs you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, I, wow, I'm surprised that you picked that song, blah, 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 blah. So as I was saying, um, my list is definitely, I, I, I was completely wrong with what I said at the beginning. There is more than three. So I lost that bet, whatever that bet was. <laughs> um I'm surprised, actually. So, let me go ahead and give you my 15, and everyone's going to kind of recognize every song on this thing. All right, um, same thing, chronological order, um, going from Cowboys from Hell, Cowboys from Hell, song number one, Cemetery Gates number two, um, then on to Vulgar Display of Power, Walk number three, Fucking Hostile number four, and This Love number five, uh, and also. Uh, a song that came out on their um, uh, their anniversary edition is the song Piss. I actually think that's a pretty cool-ass song. Um, number seven, Becoming, Five Minutes Alone, I'm Broken and Slaughtered, all off of the Far Beyond Driven. And then uh, from the Great Southern Trend Kill, there's War Nerve and Drag the Waters. And then off of Reinventing the Steel, there's goddamn electric. Yesterday don't mean shit, and revolution is my name. So yes, there is definitely some stuff to There's debate. A, a lot I like to it. debate. I'm I'm happy about it. I was a little I was a little nervous because I was picking a lot of stuff, and I was like, you know what? I I hate to just pick stuff that was singles, and some because some a lot of it that I picked were the singles, but they're good songs. So it's like, what do you do? You know. I mean, there's always there's always a chance that if we do this, we're we're gonna match up pretty dang closely, and we might only have to debate like one song, <laughs> one or two, you know. And yeah, so it's been pretty funny because that hasn't really happened. Yeah, that's you know, it's but it's funny, and our big four oftentimes we're really similar. So exactly, and what's funny, I think that the 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 closest we had to doing something like that, I think we did four songs, four or five. I can't remember mm-hmm. who that was. Well, okay, so as the, as the way it goes, for those of you listening for the first time, we will pick one song each from our list that we want to keep. And then we will take one song each from our list that we want, that we not want to get rid of, but that we will allow to be removed. We'll be willing to, yeah. <laughs> that we're willing to. And then we're going to pick one song from the other's list that we want to keep and one song from the other's list that we will remove. That will leave, uh, well, in this particular case, that, that's going to leave still several songs. So then we'll probably go back to picking a song that we want to keep. And then when there's only, I believe it's only what, two spots left, that usually just means there's four songs. Then at that point, uh, we punch each other in the face and we figure out which ones we want to keep. So That's the part <laughs> I'm looking forward to. You are looking forward to that one. I, I hear you. <laughs> All right. So, 
Um, the songs that are duplicated are Cowboys from Hell, Cemetery Gates, Walk, Fucking Hostile, Becoming, Five Minutes Alone, I'm Broken, and Revolution is My Name. All right, so from my list, the songs that don't cross over were This Love, Piss, Slaughtered, War Nerve, Drag the Waters, Goddamn Electric, and Yesterday Don't Mean Shit. From your list, it was Psycho Holiday, Mouth for War, A New Level, 13 Steps, Suicide Note Part 2, I'll Cast a Shadow, and Living Through Me. So, I believe I went first last time, so this is your turn to go first again. Okay. Um, All right, so I definitely feel like I want to keep something from those first two albums. Um, probably more over some of the later stuff, um, because we do actually have a little more crossover there as far as like the amount of songs we chose from those albums. So I'm probably albums. No, from the later albums, I've got three from great Southern trend kill. You've got two. And so we'll, you know, figure that out. And then we've already got something from reinventing the steel. It's just, I feel like. Cowboys from Hell is such an iconic album. Um, I just absolutely love Psycho Holiday, so I think I'm going to keep Psycho Holiday. Okay. Um, I don't have a problem with that. Um, That one... That was originally going to be on my list, um, but I was just like, do I really, 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 really like that one? Um, Actually, no. That one wasn't going to be the one that was on the one that was going to be on was Primal Concrete Sledge. I do like that and, song as well. And that one, but you see, what what I look at these songs, you know, and I sit here and go, do I want to listen to, you know, are these songs the ones that I want to listen to? Are they the greatest hits, you know? And like we talked about it last week, uh, for for or not last week, but last time that we did a greatest uh, greatest hits, which was the Alter Bridge one. Um, that one, we ended up not putting any songs from Walk the Sky because did, we didn't think that either one of those songs that we chose were really representative of what we would consider a greatest hit. Yeah. So um, for me, even pri- even though I would say there's a popularity with Primal and a popularity with Psycho Holiday, I felt that for me personally, I, I could leave it off. But I knew that we were going to, probably debate this and it would one of those songs would probably come on this list so i'm okay with psycho holiday um all right so we have a ballad with cemetery gates um but i i really like that song this love there's something really unique about the story of that i mean it's like a a really twisted and demented story when you think about it um but the but the Daryl's playing on that, especially towards the end, is just like super cool, and like the guitar solo that that really long whine that he puts in there, and mm-hmm. he's, he's, it's it's I like it a lot. So I'm gonna go ahead and pick this love for me. Okay, you know it's it's a song I like. Um, I think over time I've kind of degraded on it, um, but I do I do still like it a lot. And you're right, the way that and Dimebag plays on the song is excellent. Um, so, absolutely. I mean, it's it's one of their biggest hits for a reason. So, 
Um, so that means I need to drop one. Mm-hmm. So I think being that you just picked one off of Vulgar, I think I'm going to drop a new level. I love the song, but um, that's already three songs from Vulgar Display of Power, and we haven't cemented anything from Great Southern Churn Kill or Reinventing the Steel. Uh, I guess we did. We we cemented Revolution is my name, but um, yeah, I'm going to give it at least more of a chance to get some stuff on there. So right, okay, I I can I can see that. See, like I a new like I'm familiar with a new level, and I say it like like I I barely know the song. <laughs> I I I've heard it a million times. You know, it's that that type of thing. But to me, like mouth mouth for war is a better song to me than a new level. There's just something unique about how the the structure of new uh, a new level is that makes it a cool song. Yeah, cool. I, I, I like. I'll be honest. I like "Mouth for War" better as a song than a new level. But what I like about new level is it's just so heavy, and I love the the lyrics to it too. So it being kind of one of those songs, you know, and and you have to think of it like this: like music affects you in the way it affects you. So when you hear it, it has an influence on you. You may not like the song the first time you hear it. You may love, you may love it the first time you hear it or it's something that you, it, it grows on you, etc. So I remember the first time hearing it and just feeling like that, that the lyrics just kind of hit me in the right way. And mm-hmm. yeah, that a new level of confidence, those lyrics just hit me at the right place at the right time, you know? So, right. Exactly. You know, just like the lyrics to fucking hostile really hit me in a in a really cool way. <laughs> yeah. No, and I and I'm serious about that because there's a you know, there's certain things that, that just that grasp you no matter what it is. And 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 fucking hostile was one of those songs where I had that deja vu moment and it was one of those weird things. I'm like, man, like I felt like I've heard this before and I probably did at some, let's say a concert or something like that, if someone played that and I just never put two and two together because I, I was not an immediate fan of, of Pantera. I think it was Matt who got me really into them. Mm. Um, but I had heard of them and I, I, you know, I felt it was kind of weird that the lead singer was bald or, or had a bald, (laughs) a bald head with a strip of Mohawk to it. And it's funny I say that because of the way I look right now, but but um, his was a little thin strip of hair on the top. But you know, after being long haired, it, it's just weird. Like like to, I was still part of that old school that said you had to have long hair to be a metalhead, you know, mm. for a while, you know, until uh, you know Metallica and everybody else started cutting the hair around them. So gotcha. So yeah. So you know. So a song like "Fucking Hostile" really stood out to me, and it was just like I said th- that deja vu moment. And I'm like, oh, this is—I know this song, I, I think, <laughs> you know. But it was so cool that I was like, yeah, this is definitely like my 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 go-to kind of song just to piss people off because <laughs> the the lyrics. <laughs> so all right, I gotta drop a song here. <sighs> this is a tough one because. Like every song on here, I like. Um, but we're we're doing fifteen songs off of five albums. It kind of gives you an idea where we're headed in terms of 
song titles <coughs> or song quantity. But that doesn't necessarily mean we have to go three for every album. Um, so that being the case, since we already have three with Becoming, Five Minutes Alone, and I'm Broken, I'm going to go ahead and drop Slaughtered. All right. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. Um, I mean, it's a great song, but again... I think there are better songs on the album, so when you're oh, absolutely. when you're defining it in that way, I get it. All right. All right. So now you get to pick one from my list you want to keep. Gotcha. Let's see. Um I'm probably I think I'm going to go with Drag the Waters. I think it's one of the better songs off of the Great Southern Trend Kill to be honest. Um it's funny that album I like it a lot and I don't like it because it does have such a distinct sound for that time period. He brings in Seth Putnam uh doing vocals on The Great Southern Trinkill, Warner, 13 Steps of Nowhere, uh Suicide Note Part 2. So there's a lot of dual vocals um and it's a kind of an interesting effect where it's almost like this intentional demonic double track. Um and it's cool. Like it's, it's got a very distinct sound within their catalog. And it always makes me think like the way that they record and, and the, the effects that's going on almost mimics like that, that rattlesnake, you know, image that's on the cover. So mm. there's like, there is something very unique about their album or that album within their catalog. But at the same time, because of that, I almost don't think I, I I never think to listen to it because if I'm on like a Pantera kick where I'm going through all the albums, which I do that with bands a lot, where I'll I'll start at the very beginning and I'll go through all the stuff, um, especially bands that I really like. Um, then I'll then I go in order and I listen to it and I'm like, yeah, this is a good album. I I keep kind of forgetting that it is, um, but. <sighs> I think there's some some really cool stuff on there, and I it kind of had to remind myself when doing this list because it doesn't immediately come to mind. You know, I I, I understand what you're saying because some you know there's sometimes there's songs that are songs or even albums that are just kind of like, oh yeah, that's a good one. Oh yeah, I remember that song, and you're like, why don't I listen to it more often? Yeah, I forgot we were. I mean, this is several months ago that we were talking about this, but we were going over somebody i can't remember who we were talking about and then i said you know what i really appreciate this album more and that's going to be a topic of one of our future episodes where you know song songs or albums that have that have changed or or that we have changed our views on over the over the course of time so that's something that's coming up and that i hope i can remember what we were talking about but um <laughs> it, it was it was a cool thing because like i remember you specifically telling me Oh, I'm, I'm really glad that you are listening to that again because it's a good album. I can't remember what, what we were talking about. Yeah, but that's it falls into that same category. So, yeah, I like Drag the Waters, but here a real quick story about that album release. So, um, I started I started working in Best Buy towards the end of 1995, and I was there through the summer. So. This album came out in May of 19, uh, 1996. So I was at Best Buy, and it was a Monday night, and the new albums were coming in because we the, the new releases came out on Tuesdays. And I saw the CD, and I'm like, 
we got played it. So when the store closed at 10 o'clock, I think it was, um, I put that CD on in my department. Now the department, I was in the music department. And so we used to have all the CD rows that were right behind the registers. Uh, that's the old school style of the way Best Buy used to look. The, the the media section was in the middle of the store and you had a track around it that went to all the um, other stuff like appliances and, and then car stereos. And then uh, there was homes, uh, the, the TVs in another corner and then uh, something else. I can't, oh, computers. So <clears throat> this, I threw that album in, I cranked it up. And of course, you know how the song starts with the Great Southern Trend Kill. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was quite the shock when that went on. Everybody just kind of looked towards me and shit. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I didn't think they could get any harder, but shit, they did. <laughs> you know? that, yeah, that was always the thing was that it, with every album, for better or worse, they got heavier. Mm-hmm. That, that, it's it's kind of mind-blowing because you think... Yeah. You know, once they get to even vulgar display of power, you're like, damn, this is so heavy. How can they get? And then, then Far Beyond Driven comes out and you're like, okay, they got heavier. Yeah. And then you know, Strength Beyond Strength was this incredible song that starts off the album, you know, this great start to an album. Then, yeah, what, what, what can come next? Yeah. And then they just kept going. So, yeah. So that was pretty cool. All right. Um, so now I got to take a song. Uh, or pick a song from your list that I want to keep. Oh, that's a tough one. I think I'm going to keep the song Living Through Me, Hell's Wrath. Um, and that's a, another one off of Trend Kill, which is um, filling up quickly <laughs> that album but yeah i think that for for me um between that and one other song uh those are those little two i would like to keep and i'm going to keep go ahead and keep this one for now i love that song I, it's it's really interesting because it it's it's very heavy but it has that kind of breakdown section in the middle that because it, it's kind of a staple of that album where um phil kind of starts speaking in in almost like a um a guttural voice right and it's it's a cool effect um but i think that's one of the best put together songs on the album in that way okay all right you're up next with uh picking a song that you want to keep oh no that you want to remove from my list excuse me um let's see man that's a tough one I think, though, so I like the song Piss, but at the same time, I don't love it. And I think it kind of got left off for a reason. I understand bringing it back and re- releasing it. It's it's cool just to have that additional material because they only did release the five albums and there's really not another chance of them ever doing it again. I mean... there's no chance so I don't know why I said there's not really a chance there's no chance Um, so it's cool to have that but at the same time I don't think it's it's worthy of being on the greatest hits in my opinion so I'm going to remove that one just 
Stick a dagger in my heart, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get that, and I totally understand that. Um, that's one of those, it's a bonus track for a reason, you know? Yeah. It, it, it definitely fit within the, in the time frame that, that, obviously, that the song was written, and it fits on that album, to, per se, even though it's probably the, the, not the hardest of the songs on the album. So it almost more like it fits somewhere in the Cowboys from Hell um, yeah. range and it, and it may have been a song from Cowboys from Hell but they probably kept it for Vulgar only because they didn't have anything else after that could be um, after after reading some interviews with with Phil um, he said that realistically there's you know that that's the reason why um, uh, Far Beyond Driven doesn't have any new songs on it is because there are none there's nothing left so they, it was Piss and there was a song um, that was off of that's on Cowboys from Hell that uh, was released with the with this twentieth anniversary edition. Um, the song called "Will to Survive," which you could tell is kind of like a song that was left over from like the power metal days. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, if everyone knows out there that the first album, you know, they had just transitioned into the band that they that they would become. And they still had, like, Phil was still doing the whole screaming 80s vocals kind of stuff on that album. Yeah, you wouldn't have a song like Cemetery Gates appear on anything after because they had shifted very well away from that style. So Exactly. So, yeah. And and the fact is there is material. And, and, and um, I remember... Vinny saying this a long time ago, he said there was material, and he had actually planned on putting something out with a lot of the riffs that that uh, Dimebag had written, but I don't think he was ever going to be able to do that because it just hit him so hard, you know, when his brother had died. So I don't think there was ever a chance that that was ever actually going to happen. But there were riffs that that Dimebag had written, but they they never formed them or fully formed them into songs. So there isn't anything else out there it's that's it yeah there's definitely yeah. there's definitely no fully fleshed songs None. out there yeah <clears throat> now like, you know over the years there have been snippets of Dimebag's playing that have been that have appeared on different bands albums like Nickelback's Side of the Bullet yep which was a song that Chad Kroger wrote because of what happened at the at the nightclub um, he talked to Vinny about it, and Vinny, because he was super close friends with these guys, because pretty much every rocker is a super close friend of the of the <laughs> the uh, Abbott brothers. <laughs> That's the That's craziest true. thing. That's true, yeah. Um, so um, he asked Vinny, he said, hey, do you have a guitar solo, or do you have any guitar parts that you would want to lend to this song? And so what you hear is Dimebag, the guitar solo on that is Dimebag playing, and they play that in concert. That's the coolest thing. Like when they play that song in concert, they have like these video stuff of of Dimebag playing, you know, just just different clips. But you hear the guitar solo, and everyone knows that's Dimebag solo. So yeah. that's pretty cool. So yeah, it's, it, it, there's not anything out there, but you can hear things, you know, here and there that have been donated over the years, and now probably nothing ever again. So anyhow. Um, that brings me to picking a song off of your list that I want to remove. And um, for me, um, it's between two songs. 
and I'm going to go ahead and remove 13 steps to nowhere. Okay. Um, I'm me personally, I'm not super familiar with the song, but at the same time I, I've heard it and there's a reason why I don't listen to it very often. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> you know, it doesn't strike me as it may strike you as much as, you know, as, as the same. So we're going to remove that one. All right. So now you get to pick a song you want to keep from your list. Okay. Um, well, I know it kind of skews things in one way, but I got to pick one that I genuinely feel like is one of my favorite uh, Pantera songs, period, and that's Mouth for War. So I'm going to pick that one. Okay. I, I, I can go with that. Based on what you have, I, I, I'll, I'll listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. I have three songs left, War Nerve, Goddamn Electric, and Yesterday Don't Mean Shit. Uh, We already have um, two songs off of um, Trend Kill. We have one song off of um, Reinventing the Steel. So, for right now, I'm going to go ahead and pick... Uh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go ahead and pick Goddamn Electric. I like I like the the references that he does in the song with Black Sabbath and all and all that all the other stuff that he's done over the years, so I like that. Okay. All right, so we're down to the last four songs, but we only have one spot to pick for four songs. So, which means that we're going to we're going to go ahead and look at our list and we're going to eliminate one song from each of our lists and it'll leave us with two songs. And then from there we'll, we'll, we'll battle it out to see which song we keep. Okay. Okay. So of your two songs, suicide part two, suicide note part two, and, um, I'll cast a shadow. Which one are you going to drop? So I think I'm going to drop suicide note part two. Um, I think it's, I, I really like it, the track. It's very heavy, um, but there, there is obviously there's part one that precedes it, and I, I do feel like it's much stronger if you have both of those. So I feel like I'm going to go with I'll Cast a Shadow just because Suicide Note 2 part, or part 2 is missing something without having both of them, so... I think it works All better. Right, so, so you're eliminating Suicide Note Part 2. Right now, I'll Cast a Shadow is your last song that's available. Yep. All right. So I have two songs. Now I got to eliminate one. And I got War Nerve and Yesterday Don't Mean Shit. <sighs> so we have right now, we have two songs. No, we have three songs off of... Um, no, we have two off of Great Southern well, we Trim Kill two, have, and gr- two yeah. off of Reinventing the Steel that are solid. Right, that are solid, correct. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to go ahead and drop Yesterday Don't Mean Shit. Um, 
I, I, I mean, I like that that first bunch of songs that are on that album. It's amazing to know that that album was so was recorded so dysfunctionally, because they've got some good songs on that album. It's true. So, um, and then in there was definitely this "I don't give a fuck" attitude on the album, <laughs> but um, as evidenced by yesterday, don't mean shit. But um, I, I'm going to go ahead and drop that one because between the two, I. I kind of like Warner a little bit more. But you know, it's funny. We've talked about this before. Sometimes the dysfunction breeds really good stuff. Oh, yeah. And especially with a band like this that's all about anger and it just makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So that leaves us with two songs for one spot. Um, You have I'll Cast a Shadow and I have Warner. Okie dokie. So, how many songs do we have off of? Um, we have two solid off of, of uh, off of um, reinventing the steel. We have two solid off of of uh, trend kill. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of them is going to get three. One of them is going to have two because the, we have ended up with four off of uh, vulgar. Yep. Okay. I'll cast a shadow. So you obviously, in your opinion, like Alcaster Shadow more than Warner. Yes, that's true. That's that's why I think <laughs> Right. All right. So um I think I'm gonna be the big man and I'm gonna go ahead and give up on Warner. Okay. On this one. Um and the reason being is because I like the diversity that we got towards the end of this this list here. Okay. Um, because there definitely were a bunch of songs that you and I differed on that we ended up, you know, obviously doing this whole thing, collaborating on and keeping certain songs. So um, War Nerve, it's a good song. It's, it's, I like it a lot, but I like Drag the Waters more. So I can, I, I can have, I have no problem giving up on that one. All right. So, and I I genuinely think that reinventing the steel has a better sound, and is a, is, in my opinion, a better album than Great Southern Trinkill. I think Great Great Southern Trinkill is a really good album, but it also is somewhat gimmicky with its sound, uh, with that kind of demonic, uh, you know, dual track aspect to it that is used a lot in that album. And then there's those those kind of low, guttural spoken parts too that kind of carries on throughout the album. Where um, I think reinventing the steel is just really heavy. So I kind of like reinventing the steel better, even though it is you know the result of a dysfunctional recording. Yeah, you know they. I mean, we talked about it. We joked about it recently with with the whole thing with with. Um, Fleetwood Mac. Yep. We talk about dysfunction. You know, I mean, everybody's banging each other <laughs> and then cheating on each other. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and, they put and out I love the memes that are out yeah. there. Huh? And then they put out their greatest album. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love the memes that are out there, you know, where it's like, you know, oh, you know, like, was it Taylor Swift or all these 
women, you know, they write songs about their ex-boyfriends. Oh, no, Stevie Nicks wrote a song about how her, her ex-boyfriend cheated on her and he's still in the band and she's going to make him record the song <laughs> and play it live every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that, it's like, boom, you know, here you go. So that's, that's, things like that are hilarious. So, yeah, um, I can, I totally understand the dysfunction, you know, and, not, and, and you know, everybody's like that. I mean, shit, uh, Megadeth is dysfunctional, you know. I was I was gonna say Metallica wrote a great album, but they didn't when they were when they were dysfunctional. They wrote Saint Anger. <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah, but, that's true. But you know what? You know, I, I was this I was reading an interview the other day, and someone sat there and said, "If you really look at it, okay, and listen, you got to put. I mean, it's hard. You put the the the, the production aside, okay." Some of the some of the stuff that James sings about is really fucking deep, and not a lot of people get it because they dismiss the album right away, you know. But there's a lot of shit in there that's really really deep and thoughtful. Now, on the flip side, what what keeps it from being listened to on a regular basis is because of the crazy sounding album that it is, you know. Um, and yes, they they took shortcuts. They they uh you know cut and pasted stuff here and there so they didn't have to re-record it or record again and and it's just the way it was sometimes those things happen there's plenty of bands out there to do it you know but you're, you're such an apologist <laughs> i know i am but you know but it's true i mean you know look my friend matt is going to go is most likely going to go see motley crew okay next year do we do? Are we fully aware that a lot of times Nikki Six's bass tracks are played live, and he's not really playing bass? That's that's the, the the most known rumor about Motley Crue. Do we know that they have backing tracks played during their time? You know, during during their shows for for background vocals. Absolutely. Do we see it with Fozzie? Yes. Do we see it with Kiss? Yes. Even though they say no, well, too bad. I can tell. All right. It, everybody nah, he just, does he's really worked on his ventriloquist act over the last you know who paul yeah <laughs> so that's that's why his vocals don't always match up with what his face is doing <laughs> yeah it's i mean he's worked on ventriloquism for years <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, it's just it's just the way it is man it shit happens to every band you know and i i have to you know hell Look at the even Iron Maiden. What was it? The not fear the dark. The one before that. No prayer for the dying. That was relatively dysfunctional. They lost Adrian Smith. Yeah, Bruce Dickinson that wasn't, wasn't a very happy. Good album. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But it was better than Fear of the Dark. Eh, a hell of a lot better than Fear of the Dark. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> they had more songs that were likable on that on that album. <laughs> Uh, I think both but, albums. You know, that's that's maybe one we need to debate because honestly. <laughs> You know, it's, yeah, we'll do fear the fear of the dark versus no prayer for the dying. We'll figure that one out. Yeah, although there's way too many songs on fear of the dark. There's like like 15 songs for no reason. That's that's true. Anyway, we have gotten down to our 15 songs, and so let's go over the list real quick. We have Cowboys from Hell, Cemetery Gates, Psycho Holiday, Walk, Fucking Hostile. Mouth for War, This Love, Becoming, Five Minutes Alone, I'm Broken, 
Drag the Waters, uh, Living Through Me, Goddamn Electric, and Revolution Is My Name. That's a pretty damn good concert. So now we got to put it in to see how we want to hear these songs in a concert setting. Yeah, the the only downside about these lists that we always put together is that it's like I I really want to see that concert. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and this one we'll never see. So that's, that's true. unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but you know we've got some. I you know what I I got to check. I have a video from when they did. Um, oh, it, this was Foundations Forum. And I have a video, a VHS tape of Pantera playing the Foundations Forum, which they released some of the songs on some of these anniversary editions. So I have that video. So I haven't seen that in forever. I wonder what it's like. Yeah, definitely be worth checking out. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube, and I just never noticed. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and pick the first song of this concert. Ah, <sighs> man, that's um, that's an interesting one. Mm, 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 mm. All right, so to open this show, I think, because these are, I mean, these are all kind of, you know, you can't sit there and say, oh, this is a, this is a love ballad, <laughs> although there, there is a contrasting thing about this love. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to start with Revolution is My Name. Okay. What do you think of that one? It's a surprise, but um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's about as heavy as you're going to get and start off. Why not start off just blasting your face off? (laughs) Rob Halford. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So revolution is my name. All right. So let's see. Um, Well, it's the thing is that there's not going to be as much of ebbs and flows, you know, we always we always kind of talk about that like we'll we'll speed things up slow things down. Pantera doesn't do a whole lot of that. So <laughs> picking an order here is almost more difficult in a way cuz you got to think about where you know where the big hits kind of land. Right. So there are songs that are definitely better than others on here. I mean, who who's going to say walk isn't one of their best you know so it's about where do you place those in the grand scheme of things so um we're starting off from reinventing the steel um why don't we follow that up with um i'm kind of thinking i'm broken off of fire beyond driven yeah really it's kind of an odd one, but I'm kind of thinking about the way that everything needs to kind of lay out in in structure. And that one's just, it's so heavy. It's a little slower, but it's heavy. Hmm. Okay. I'll go with that. Wasn't thinking that one, but I'll go with that. I mean, you've, you've always got your veto. So you can hold on to yeah. it. And- uh, you know, because, you know, you think about like if you you go over all the favorite bands that you have, because cause the ones that are not your favorite bands and you go to their concerts and you enjoy their shows, you, you don't really 
you don't really pay attention to how they lay out their shows. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we go to see an Iron Maiden or we go to see uh, a Metallica, you kind of understand how they lay out their shows and why they're laid out that way. Yeah. Right? So, you know, you, you kind of can guess what kind of song is going to come next. Some bands have, have a, a, a method. Some bands have a style. You know, Pearl Jam always starts shows off with slow songs. You know, it's it's just their way to, to kind of, you know, get you in the mood, if you want to put it that way. Um, you know, Metallica always starts uh, uh, with something from the first song of the album. Unless it's an in-between tour, and then they usually start with Creeping Death. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. But, um, you know, Maiden always starts off with, with some sort of album opener. Even if they're in between tours, it was an album opener for that type of tour. So, like this one, they did Aces High on Legacy of the Beast. You know, so um, in this particular case, I'm, I think I'm Broken is a pretty good. It's pretty good because it's a hit, and at the same time, it's not the it's not a fast song. Yeah, I, like I mean, that. you're you're starting off with something a little heavier, and then kind of still maintaining that energy but slowing it down just ever so slightly. Right. So now um, you've got uh, the way that song ends, you know, it's really, it chugs itself out. So um, what can we put with it that would kind of keep it going? Uh, That's the question. Hmm. I'm going to sit there and say, drag the waters. Okay. Picks up the tempo just a little bit, but not that much. Yeah, I I think that's a good pick. Um, It's kind of leaving a little bit more room for some of the bigger hits. We're we're keeping the the pace going, starting, you, you know, we started off with, a song from the very last album. Now we're we've got something from the the middle, and then something from the second to last. So we're kind of starting off on the later end of the career, which makes sense. You know, it, it, right. if you're going to go with that direction, might as well kind of keep the trend going in a, in a, a the trend kill going. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So for. Um, let's see for track four, typically you would go a little slower. You would go something, um, a little softer in a way. There's not a lot of softness to Pantera. (laughs) Um, however, two songs, we do have two songs that, that are relatively slow. That's true. However, and, and if you think about it in the concert setting and what Phil's vocal capabilities became over time. You, you might want to throw in uh, Cemetery Gates uh, right here. Before it's too late. <laughs> before it's too late. <laughs> okay. And that one relatively, I mean, it picks up, but it's not like super fast towards the, you know, the, 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 the second third of the album, I guess you could say. Yeah. Or excuse me, of the song. And then it kind of slows down again. So that's a good one because then you can pick up a, you can get a, a pick me up kind of song. Um, and I think uh, I think a good song to follow that would probably be 
um, five minutes alone. What do you think? I'm good with that. Yeah, I think that's a good place for it. All right, your turn. Um, so why don't we take something off of vulgar display of power because of the the listing that we have here. Um, we've got four songs from that album, and we're let's see, we're at the mid, not the midpoint. We're at the three quarter, or sorry, one third point. Um, so we've got five minutes alone. Um, then why don't we go with? That's a tough one. Um. I'm at a loss, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you, you were in a direction of of, of do, doing something off of Vulgar. I mean, I've, I figured the most appropriate one would be A Mouth of War or Mouth for War. Yeah, yeah and no, because Mouth for War, it, you know, it's an opening track. So it does have that feel of like y- you either start off with it or you follow something up that's a little bit slower, right? Okay. So... Then you have this love, which I'm really good with placing just about anywhere because again, this is not like this is a Pantera show. This is there's no like oh this is the big ballad moment, you know. It's right. like this endless love is is not really it's a ballad, but it's not a ballad, right? So it's it's a ballad for Pantera, <laughs> right? But, but it would be one of like the heaviest songs from somebody else. So that's that's the other part of it. And then you have Walk, which I don't know if we're holding on to Walk for anything. I would. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm good with most of the placement of a lot of this stuff being just about anywhere. However, obviously you don't want to end things off like the whole show with like goddamn electric. That wouldn't exactly work. <laughs> so... Um, and then fucking hostile, I almost feel like has to immediately follow something slow or slower because it's a, it's a, it's an energy jolt, you know? So I'm kind of leaning towards, um, honestly, other side, either psycho holiday or, or, uh, this love. What do you think? I would go with Psycho Holiday. Okay. I would go with Psycho Holiday there because I know what you're you're getting at with that. And I, I was just put a little bit of spacing in between Cemetery Gates and This Love. Okay. So so why don't what about this? And I'm gonna if if you agree to this, then I'll use my veto for this. Then what about Instead of five minutes alone, we push that one down and Psycho Holiday down, and we put Mouth for War following Cemetery Gates. So that that because Cemetery Gates is a slower song, and it, it ends on that really like high you know moment, and then there's there's like a, a stop for you know anytime there, there's those big moments like that in a concert, you know lights go out for a second and they're kind of resetting for just a minute. Probably so the singer could get some something to drink. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> okay, immediately I'm good after with that. that. Yeah, I'm good if, with that. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're coming coming at. See, like for me, um, I was looking at it as 
you're you're getting quiet at the end, you know, as, as Cemetery Gates comes to a close. And then five minutes alone just has that drum intro. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, okay, you know what? That's That would be a cool way to, to kick things up. But in this particular case with Mouth of War, you know, it's like, it goes into that drum roll. I think that's, that, I think that's fine. Okay. Then I'm using yeah. my veto on that one. Okay. I like it. I, I like I like Mouth of War there, and then fi- following it five minutes alone, I, I do like that uh, that con- that continuity. So that that works well. Okay, so you got five minutes alone in Psycho Holiday. So after Psycho Holiday, what are we gonna put? <sighs> yeah, this love. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a good placement for it. Okay. So what do you got now? So I think following this love, I'm thinking, let's see, we've got one. We're, we're at the halfway point, right? Pretty much. So we've got to think about our... We've got, we got four songs left in the set. Yep. Um, so we've got to think about how we're going to disperse those songs with the set closer and then the encore opener and closer as well correct so i think right here following this love we need to kind of kick things off a little heavy um so i'm thinking i'll cast a shadow okay that works for me so we got three songs left before the end of the set how about fucking hostile in this point no or do you think um, it's too soon yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to think of where like what are you leaning towards as far as the normal set closer because i think that's that's going to be your normal set closer um i was figuring probably uh Either becoming or goddamn electric. Okay, so we've got what five tracks left? Three of those. So you're gonna you're gonna have living through me on the encore, essentially. Are we? I'm thinking living through me and goddamn electric as the the last two tracks here. So you said. You you were thinking goddamn electric for the 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 twelfth track. I'm good with that. So yeah, I mean, it, if you do ho- fucking hostile, then I'll pick living through me. And then we've got goddamn electric to end things off. That gives us three really great tracks for the encore. Okay, fucking hostile. <laughs> Not host host time. time. (laughs) (laughs) Living through me. And then goddamn electric. All right. So, fucking hostile at number 10 and living through me at number 11. And then goddamn electric to close out the regular set. So, that leaves um, three songs. We've got Becoming... Cowboys from Hell and Walk. 
And those are three really good songs. As are encore songs. Yes. So, so basically, you got three songs. You have a an encore, a mini concert. You have this opener, a middle song, and a closer. <laughs> um, what are you looking at as opening um, the, the encore? So, I think, to me, it's either going to be Cowboys from Hell or Walk. And I honestly think... Cowboys from Hell would be the best way to start it. Because, I mean, just think about, like, that first time you ever heard that song. And so, in in this regard, the band has walked away. They've, they're coming back on stage to that opening from Cowboys to, from Hell. And to me, that would be just amazing to see. So, I think that's going to be the, the, you know, the beginning of the encore. You and me are on the same exact wavelength on that one. Is exactly what I was thinking. I figured, you know, the lights are out, everybody's cheering, yeah. and all of a sudden you hear ticket, 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 you know, and it just fucking crowd goes nuts. You know, yeah, that's awesome. And so that obviously puts it that becoming would be the second song. And then you end the night off with walk and they just walk on home, boys. <laughs> walk on <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board. I like that. I like it. All right. Well, that's our 15 Pantera songs in order for concert set list. So let's go over what we have here. Opening the show, Revolution Is My Name, followed by I'm Broken. Song number three, Drag the Waters. Song number four, Cemetery Gates, followed by Mouth for War. And then Five Minutes Alone, followed by Psycho Holiday. Song number eight is This Love. Then comes I'll Cast a Shadow, followed up by Fucking Hostile, Living Through Me, and closing the main set is Goddamn Electric. And then coming out for the encore, we have Cowboys from Hell, Becoming, and closing the show is Walk. I like it. I want to see that show. Uh, Yeah. I would love to see that show. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well... That brings us to our big four for the evening. And I don't think we mentioned what the big four was going to be at the beginning of the show. So this is um, a little different because when this episode drops, it's going to be Christmas week, 2021. And I think we're going to do the big four Christmas albums that we've got Last year we did Big Four Christmas songs, so this year is Big Four Christmas albums. Next year we have no idea what the hell we're doing because it's such a limited <laughs> amount of Christmas stuff. <laughs> There's not a lot of metal Christmas <laughs> no, stuff. So. No, so we might be going into an in-depth analysis of of Christopher Lee's Christmas for all you know. So. <laughs> it's two song EP. <laughs> two uh, song EP. <laughs> oh, dude, that's that that oh, that is hilarious. His his deep voice is so funny on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, since this is the day to start things off, you get to go first because I know I went first last time. All right. So this was kind of tough for me because there's only a couple that I remember from listening to for you know a long period of time. Um, every year, I would listen to my number one on a regular basis. Um, 
and then growing up, I would listen to my number two. But the others were more recent, and and you know, Christmas music that was that was kind of my mom's thing. It, it, by the end of the season, every year, my sister and I would be going insane from listening to the same old songs over and over on the radio. So we were never really big on Christmas music as much as say some of the Christmas movies. So, um, this was a interesting list for me to say the least. So I'm going to start off with my number four and that is, uh, a twisted Christmas from twisted sister. It's a really fun Christmas album. Um, and, and it's a, it's a Christmas album, you know, it's just that it's not like, um, you know, one or two songs and then something else, like a lot of the ones that I sampled and tried to listen to. And, um, this was them going all out playing Christmas music and it's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, my number three is a very recent one, which is Rob Halford's celestial. Uh, this was, I don't think it's as good as his, his, uh, and this may be a spoiler alert, but um, <laughs> I don't think it's as good as his other Christmas album, which I will talk about in just a bit. Um, but uh, I I did really enjoy it. And, and I, I like that, you know, he's this far along in his career. He's as as aged as he is. And he is still just really loves doing what he's doing. And it shows. So he had a lot of fun with it. And that carries over to you the listener so um if you haven't listened to that one give it a chance you know it is the right time of year to listen to it so um and then my number two um was one that my mom actually got me into so every year they would have uh the trans-siberian orchestra on the radio but my mom had the the album from like 1996 or something like that and so i grew up listening to that one you know, up until, you know, I, you know, got older and moved away. Um, but yeah, I, I always really liked Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It's, you know, it's, it is metal. It's not, um, you know, strictly metal, but what, what was the band? That, was it Sabotage? That the yeah, guys were from? Yeah, Sabotage. Most of the guys are from Sabotage. Yeah. So you've got the, the guys from Sabotage playing, pretty awesome metal riffs in in christmas music it's really fun um and then my number Wait, hold oh, on I, I didn't even say the name of the album yeah, i was gonna I say said, which album did you pick <laughs> christmas eve and the other stories the one from 1996 sorry i said the year but forgot to say the album um and then um my number one as you may guess from my spoiler earlier is halford three winter songs and i I remember picking this up. This was actually the first Halford album that I owned because I I could not find the other ones for a long time. <laughs> so I'll pick and, this one. <laughs> well, I, it was available. So, you know, I just I used to go to the I remember going to the record store and uh going in and looking for stuff and you know, it was always hit or miss whether they had what I wanted. So a lot of times I would just pick what I found. And that's how I found a lot of other stuff. So you know, it was it was just one of those things where I was really getting into Judas Priest and I had picked up a lot of what I could find of them. And then I was I was realizing, you know, the Halford had his his own solo career and I had heard some of the stuff off of some of the other albums, but um, I wanted to physically own them as well. And I went looking and the only thing he had at the record store was 
uh, Halford three. And so I didn't even listen. I bought it. I didn't even listen to it until like months later when it was around Christmas time. And when I did, I was like, you know, this is cool. I really like this, (laughs) but it is a Christmas themed album. So I never really listened to it, you know, all the time, but I like it around Christmas time every year. Very good. Very good. I like that. Um, there's a little bit of crossover. Um, I will say this. I did not pick Trans-Siberian Orchestra only because as hard rock and, and metal-ish as it is, there's not a lot of vocals on it. And it's yeah. funny because it's contradictory to one of the albums that I just picked. Um, and it, it, I don't know if it's, if it's that because part of the fact that it, it is instrumental, a lot of it, the instrument the oh, the instrumentation is not like they're playing like like they're jamming out guitar solos All right they're literally yeah. playing christmas music just kind of heavy yeah whereas something i'll talk about a little bit later is a little bit different so um what i liked about the the, the albums that i picked is that regardless of, of which which way you go if a rock band is doing a christmas album or a christmas song there is a level of corniness that you kind of have to accept christmas songs are heartfelt songs by nature they're 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 about you know as some of them are as depressing as they may be they're still trying to lift your spirits um, because a lot of them are based on uh, Christianity and, and faith. Um, so, but even, you know, the, the fun songs, like you can make Jingle Bells boring, you know, but in the end, Jingle Bells is, a, is an upbeat song, or should be at least. <laughs> so, uh, my, my <laughs> not, not if uh, Six Feet Under plays it. <laughs> Jingle Bells. <laughs> 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 oh well that that would be pretty freaking i wish cool. that existed you know i really that would be fun <laughs> yeah well you know you can always listen to king diamond <laughs> all right so my number four album is called a heavy mental christmas it's by helix uh canadian uh hair metal band if you want to put them that way um they're from the 80s um they have been together all this time from from what i understand and it is pretty much a straightforward hard rock Christmas album. What you would expect by taking traditional Christmas songs and putting a hard rock twist on them. And it, it comes across a little corny at times because it is that glam metal kind of style to some degree. But at the same time, it's a fun album. you know. And, and that's what you want to have when it comes to Christmas. Uh, number three for me is... Uh, Halford's three winter songs. Um, it's Christmas as only Rob Halford knows how to do it. And um, I didn't get into his celestial as much as I, as I got into Halford three. Um, and, and I wish the only thing I wish is I think in this case, I, I wish he would have used the voice that he had on victim of changes in the mid, in the middle section a little more than his straightforward Rob Halford voice. But that's me. Okay, other than that, I like the album in general. Number two is Twisted Christmas from Twisted Sister. Um, it, that is almost like becoming a standard Christmas album now, you know, and that's that's a really weird thing to think about because it's Twisted Sister. Um, the other thing to it is if you know Twisted Sister, 
or if you like Twisted Sister, you're going to really enjoy this album. If not, you're going to think it's relatively obnoxious <laughs> because, <laughs> true. because of the way it's, D sings, yes. you know? Um, and that's the way that Twisted Sister comes across. It, 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 it's either you like Twisted Sister or you think they're obnoxious. And I guess that's the New York in them, but that's fine because that's the New York in me. <laughs> so, all right. And hey, and you're obnoxious, so it works. Yeah, you see? <laughs> all right. I can be. <laughs> all right. And number one for me is August Burns Red presents Sledding Hill, a holiday album by August Burns Red. So, August Burns Red. That is a really long title. It is a really long title. Is that the title. real full title? That is the full title. Yes. August, oh, August Burns Red presents <laughs> dot dot. Sledden Hill, a holiday album. So August Burns Red's metalcore album, uh, metalcore band, we know them. Um, We don't know them that well because I know you don't like metalcore and I don't listen to them that much. (laughs) So the interesting thing about it, though, is that I've listened to it and I really, really, really enjoy it because it's all instrumental, which negates my, my, it contradicts my reason for not picking TSO. But what it is, is even though it's instrumental, it is ripping the whole way through. The, I mean, it's, you know, double bass, it's ripping lead solos, and it's just fast versions of Christmas songs that you know. And that's part of it that I like, the, the, the speed of it. And it's not super fast um, in, in terms of like, you know, like, like, uh, like blast beat fast, not it's not like black metal fast, but it is fast in terms of you know heavy metal, and that's what I like about it. Um, so it's a pretty cool, pretty cool album. So there you go. I mean, that brings up a good point though. Like, where is the black metal Christmas album? Yeah, you know, you know? I'm I'm thinking someone's not recording <laughs> that one. <laughs> you know, there are quote unquote white metal black metal bands. You know the Christian black metal bands, the 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 band, the black metal bands of faith, which is completely against what black metal is. Um, so I I, I would like to see one of those guys do that because that would just be freaking hilarious. I would die. Yeah, <laughs> it's just dead. I'm dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Well, that's our big four Christmas albums, and that brings us to the end of this greatest hits episode so if you like this and want to hear more you can find us wherever you get your podcast so click that subscribe button that's right and if you enjoyed what you heard today be sure to leave us a message on facebook instagram twitter and youtube or send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com if you use spotify be sure to check our playlist from our greatest hits episodes like this one tonight and last week we did uh alter bridge so check that one out and who knows, maybe next week we'll do um, the the first four albums of Pantera Greatest Hits. So uh, <laughs> it's unlikely, but check that out. Um, so And remember to tune in to the next episode where we spark up another exciting metal debate. On behalf of Kenneth and myself, stay safe, always turn it up to 11, and have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Monica, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you forgot about Kwanzaa and Festivus. That's true. So have a great Kwanzaa and Festivus if you celebrate those holidays. (laughs) Merry Christmas. See ya.